The and asset is not an investment. So when people say, oh, what about a Roth? What about real estate? What about business? Like, like literally, I'm talking to somebody right now that could give me a ton, like massive rate of return in investment. The and asset is not an investment. And so, so when people usually compare it, they're comparing it to saying I can get a better rate of return. Most of our clients are entrepreneurs. Why? Because you are your greatest asset. Your number one investment should be in your business, your ability to produce. And the and asset is just going to give you a better way to do that. This is Better Wealth with Caleb Williams. Welcome to another Better Wealth Live. My name's Caleb Williams. And I'm Mariah Wood. And uh, it's been a while since we've actually been live. It's good to be back in the studio. Happy 4th of July. You can obviously see I, I looked to see if I had any red, white, or blue, and I didn't have anything patriotic <laughs> in, in the board world, which is, uh, which is kind of unfortunate. I was going to like wear multiple layers, but I'm like, you know what? I'm just going to stick with the black because... That's what I'm going to do. Well, I think our whole, even on the staff meeting today, everybody was wearing black. Yeah. It's it's one of those things where it's like, and this is a whole, this could be a whole nother episode, but I, we, we just figured out our new shirts. Stay tuned. I'm really excited about it. So uh, I think Dan ordered five. <laughs> it's like <laughs> I ordered three. And so like our whole team is just going to wear the same shirt every single day, mainly because then there's not a lot of thought that goes into having to say like, oh, what should I wear? And so I'm looking forward to that. Also, I want to say that um, we did an episode a while back on the U.S. debt. And at the time, it was over $25 trillion. Right now, I'm not even going to try to say the number because I'm going to mess it up, but it's $26.4 trillion in debt. And the unfunded liabilities right now is just under $80 trillion, meaning when you add medic, uh, Medicaid, Social Security, defense, interest on the debt, and Medicare, uh, when you look at all the things that we're promising, it's over almost almost eighty trillion dollars. So just um, happy Fourth, everybody. Um, enjoy your freedom while it lasts. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, that's another episode in the making as well. So, anyways, um, any anything that you would like to say before we jump into the parenting parental tip? I think we opened up like what are what are we calling this again? But yeah, I'm very curious what you have. Well, okay. So if we're going to go to the parental point or parental tip for today before we open up um, our regular uh, last time last week, I shared a little bit more on intentional living. And I just kept thinking how um, a lot of our philosophies here at Better Wealth, we try to implement them in our lives. So I'm actually on live. I told I told my husband, Trevor, um, for those of you who are clients who know them, that I would actually say this on live because I need to be held accountable. And so accountability is um, a huge thing in our company. And um, I'm about to embark on a really big journey. And that journey needs a lot of accountability. Um, and one of the things that I have to do is I have to be consistent. I'll, I'll get there. I know some of you guys I are like, what it. is it? You're just hitting all these principles. I, love <laughs> I know. So consistency <laughs> is hard because it's going to demand that I change some of the way that I've been thinking and yep. um, really give time and effort into this and I'm and I've done it before so I know that there are great benefits but it's still like exhausting to think of the journey that consistency is going to make me do but in the end there's something big so here's my parental point you guys are awesome parents are awesome in the ability to be consistent with raising your kids there are certain areas like potty training I, I swear <laughs> if if someone watches this half the kids are 
half the time your kids are naked and I'm, I'm, <laughs> I promise you it's not what it's like. I've never seen the wood kids without their clothes on. I just want to point that out, but no. continue. Well, they're, you know, it's their kids, they're hard. It's hard to keep anything. I mean, I think today I had princesses. They've worn the same thing because that's what they want to do. And it's hard. And right now we're embarking on potty training. So this okay, is, well. I, I'm hoping here's, here's what I'm asking. I'm hoping by the end of July that um, I can come back on here and say that we have successfully potty trained at least, at least one but I'm, we're hoping for two. Okay. So, um, so wow. there's that. How does that work? <laughs> um, we're going to, you know, because they follow each other. They love each That's other. Right. They, they want to do okay. that. And so I've got two little girls who absolutely love to be princesses. They, they definitely, they're right now in the mic drop of life where they can be like, I don't want to potty train. Then they walk up to me, hand me a diaper and go. No Pow. way. So they're aware. They're aware. And when we say, do you want to go potty? Nope. Oh, I can wow. change my diaper. You know, <laughs> incentives work. So I'm not a parent, but I wonder what you could, what, what kind of incentives could you, you know, offer your children to. And I think every parent may be laughing with me right now because one incentive may work for one child that's going to not work for the other. And so we have a potty chart. We have tried getting pretty princess panties that they get to wear when they're done. Mm. We've tried candy and we have one who is just. Yep. She's going to be my challenge, but I have to be consistent. We've done it before. I have an 11 year old. She's great. I know that they're going to, they're going to be potty trained one day, but um, it is yep. going to take some effort. So, um, but consistency, we can do it. I All right. I love it. So before we jump in, we're going to go and do a lot of Q and a, because that has been highly requested on the show, just like rapid fire kind of questions. And, and so I know that you created a list Mariah, but before that, I want to say a couple things. Number one, we almost have over 7,000 copies out in the world. Um, so if you have not gotten my book, The And Asset, um, go get it. You can go to betterwealth.com and go check it out. And we are just super, super excited to continue to share this message. And so thank you for the support. We're also like, just shout out, like I, this is the month where I'm trying to get people to start reviewing the podcast. And it was funny because on the, on our team meeting today, I, I made a statement. I said, if you can fog a mirror and you own an iPhone, go on the podcast, go look up Better Wealth, go scroll all the way down and leave a five-star review. Um, it's crazy how reviews help our show. And so we're on a kick on that. I have a pretty audacious goal this month to get a lot of reviews and we're also promoting the book. And so thank you again for all the people that are supporting us. Also, I really, really want to get people on the show. And so if you're brave enough to ask questions, to argue with me, if you're a client of ours and want to share your testimonial, um, we, we're, we're going to do that. And we'd love if you could email us at info at betterwealth.com. And that's info at betterwealth.com. And, and we would love to hear from you and just get more engagement. This is definitely where we're going as a company is how to con like create content, be consistent with that. Um, it's, it's been crazy when I look at, when I look at, um, June, how many people watch, listen to the podcast. It's like, it's insane. And, and it's just so cool to see like how every, every day that we release more and more people are listening. And so that means people are sharing and it just means a ton. Yeah. And we're getting questions. I love it. I love it. So, uh, without further ado, if you want to get started and also if you're listening to this live, um, on YouTube, uh, you can feel free to type in on the comments. We we love hearing from you. So if you have questions, those will take uh, you know those will take priority. And yeah, let's let's jump in. And and I also, if you're watching this on, I, well, I I appreciate it. It's also kind of isn't it? Is it technically a holiday? 
I think it's an observed holiday. The third? The third. Okay, because everyone's not at working right now. And I've, <laughs> I've noticed that, like, I, I, like, everyone on our team was at the meeting today, but, like, everyone else that I'm talking, they're like, oh, like, I'm off for the fourth. And I'm like, the fourth, okay, isn't it the third? Like, I don't, yeah. I, so, again, I'm a little slow, I'm sorry, but um, it's good to know. So, people are taking off the third uh, because of the fourth of July because, okay, yeah, let's, yeah. let's continue. Yeah. All right. So um, we have actually we've had a lot of questions roll in one because Better Wealth um, with our podcast, what we've been doing, we've got a lot of people that are hearing the name Better Wealth. They're hearing about the end asset there. Um, it's just getting bigger. The name is going out. And so we've, we've got a lot of questions coming from people on two different sides. One of them is about the company and then one of them is about your and asset. So um, we're going to kind of just start a little bit um, into the company because I think that some of those questions will help us kind of set the stage for for what we do, really. Um, some people are looking at us wondering if we're just, so we're just a financial company. Yeah, it, it's super, super interesting because we are working on the website and I'm sure he's watching and if not, I'll, I'll let him know. Um, we are behind on our website. It should have been done. It's not. Everything takes a little bit more time and money than we think. And so we're in the process of making um, one of the world's best financial websites. So stay tuned, um, go to betterwealth.com and I'll make sure, trust me, I'll make sure to let everyone know when it's live. Um, but we have a statement on there when we talk about who we are and we have kind of a pro provocative statement. I'm not necessarily like this. If you, if you know me personally, I'm a really nice person, I promise. Um, but I really am sick and tired of what's going on in, in our country, in our industry. And, and so we, we li I literally made the decision to put on there, we are a better alternative to financial planning. And why is that? Because I believe financial planning is another way to just find, just be a babysitter, i.e. as we're on the kid kick, um, to your money. And people are giving up responsibility, not being intentional, and just hoping, I, quite frankly, we should just call it the hope plan. You're just hoping that something good will happen, that taxes will not you know, crush you, that the market won't crush you and giving up control to Wall Street and other institutions will be better, better serve you. And I just like, I don't even want to be called anything near financial planning, even though that is what that is what people think of us because we help them with their money. But we do so in such a different approach. We do so by saying, what do you want? What does intentional living look like for you? And how can you take back control? And so that's just It'll, it'll be interesting to see what we get. Um, and I also just want to give Michael a shout out. He's watching on uh, Facebook. I am excited to come to you, talk to your group, man. Thank you so much for um, reaching out and I'm excited for what you're doing. And so thank you. All right. Well, I think the next question kind of falls in line. I know you just said like, we are a better alternative, but how? Um, so here the question is, you know, how is Better Wealth different from other financial planners and you're just saying that that's you know yeah. but what is it that we are doing when you say we are a better alternative what is it that well that? i mean we we've talked a lot about our principles we've talked a lot about the importance of a model and i would say the at the highest had the highest picture we are helping people live more intentional lives and we're we are reverse engineering what you want and saying okay Mariah, what does results look like for you? What, what, like, we got to get clarity on what you actually want. And then we have to ask, what, what does that look like? Number one, that's clarity. Then we have to say, how do we optimize your cash flow, your assets, and your debts? Nothing to do with products, by the way, but how do we maximize what you're currently doing? And then where does that money go? 
and the and the consistency principle is saying we want to maximize long term and short term. Long term is as we uh, we all know if you're if you're listening or you read my book is every every like we have to think of the long term value of a dollar. It's not just a dollar; it's what that dollar could have be worth to you in the long run. So every time you lose a dollar, you don't just lose that dollar, but you lose what that dollar could have earned you the rest of your life. And we have to also talk about the control aspect. What's the value of being able to control your dollar over the next 5, 10, 15, 20, 30 years? So consistency is C squared, where we want to maximize compound growth and control. And then finally, getting people to start thinking about the best ways to use their money. Our greatest financial need is using money. Most people aren't telling you that because they're, they're not incentivized to. But your greatest financial need is using money, whether it's in retirement, whether it's as an entrepreneur, whether it's an investor. And if we can show you best ways to use your money like the banks, like the, the ultra wealthy are doing, that just changes the game. So that, that's the, the framework. Um, the end asset is a strategy that we do. And it's, it's pretty much maximizing a special type of life insurance contract where we're overfunding, we're minimizing the insurance and maximizing the cash. And what that allows is your dollars to do multiple jobs. I have a ton of videos on this, but essentially the thesis is if we can give your dollar multiple jobs, and we can pl play the long-term game and the short-term, um, and while protecting you and your legacy, we will win in the end. The AND asset is not an investment, it's just uh, a better place to store and use capital throughout your life. And, and then we also have a financial model. And, and, and I believe, and this is another thing that we put on our website, we believe that every financial decision can be modeled, period. Most people don't wanna talk to you about that because um, it's hard. A lot of people don't even know how to model financial decisions, but we've determined that if we are going to grow and if we're going to show up powerfully in your life, it can't just be my ability to speak. It can't just be the person that you talk to. We need to have a source of truth. We need to have a mirror. We need to have an x-ray to help you model where you are and where you want to go and, and how you can make certain decisions. And so um, when you take that, when you take our commitment to coaching, when you take our, um, our, our love for technology, when you take our mission of wanting to be more intentional, when you take us being like realistic and saying the government will come after us, I, I like I don't even think that's a controversial statement. Look at look at the news. If you're telling me that in 30 years the government's not going to come after some of your money, depending on where it's at, um, we're not we're not we're not the financial planners that you want because I'm not like I just want people to start living intentionally and start taking back control because control is where it's at. So I know that's kind of a long answer, but like there's a lot that goes into that. And uh, there's not one thing that I can like point to. It's just really the culture and the philosophy that we live by. In talking about the end asset, talking, you know, your book is about the strategy or about um, a philosophy of, of the way that you, uh, the company works. What, what is the end? When you say it's the overfunded life insurance, what, who is it for? Um, a lot of people want to know, is is there only a specific person that can have this? Is it only specifically designed for a particular age, income, savings, debt? Yeah. I, I think um, one of the things that separates us from a lot of people out there is I do not believe the and asset is for everybody. There's a lot of people that literally will say, if you can fog a mirror, you should like if you can fog a mirror and have an iPhone. You should re review my podcast, but that's not true when it comes to the pod. Uh, when it comes to the and asset, and and it really just comes down to efficiency. And the first, um, like the first goal really is to cover your bases, and and is to protect you. And most people 
don't like most people need to cover that and they might need to do budgeting. They may need to have a debt pay down strategy. And really, when you actually start create a model, using your and asset to pay off high interest credit card debt is in most cases not worth it. Now, we have to factor in long term, we have to factor in behavior. So all those things need to be factored in. But there's a lot of cases that we will get someone started on a strategy and then start an and asset later. Uh, for instance, I, I had the opportunity to talk to somebody this week who read my book, super interested in starting an and asset, but financially it wasn't the next step. So it was super funny, Mariah, because I was like, yeah, this is not for you right now, but here are the next steps. And I was thinking, I'm probably the only person, like our team is probably the only team that would tell people no, but we know like we're doing this strategically because we want to serve you well because we're playing the long-term game because we're just like young and we're going to be in this for a, a very long time. So um, so we we kind of had, if, is it the question on like how much it, or well, what? I mean, I think it's a, it's a, I think it's a slew of questions right now. Just on, I think people are wondering whether or not the NS is something they can have. You know, who is the NS for? Who is it not? Um, you know, is it important to pay off debt first before starting an an and asset? Um, and like, what is what is the age and yeah, how yeah. much? I think people are just generally thirsty for the knowledge yeah. of. Yeah, this and asset. I, I think Nelson Nash wrote the book, and I'm trying to. I don't think I have it here in the studio, but it's it's essentially it's this concept called becoming your own banker, and he and he pretty much says that banks are the most profitable business in the world, and that we all need to take over the banking function in our life. So he talked about the principle of paying yourself first, and then he also made the argument that whole life insurance is the best place to to hold that banking function because you are part owner, and that capital is consistently. Um, moving and working. I had the pleasure of interviewing Nelson before he passed away. And um, I would highly recommend you go check that out. It was one of my favorite all-time interviews. And so this is what I'll say. It's easy to read that and say, okay, I need an and asset. Now I'm coming to the table and saying, we also need to be efficient. Mm -hmm. And what happens is if you don't have at least $10,000 to put into an and asset, tech, it, it, knowing what I know there may be more efficient ways to get a a term policy, and this is this will be in the weeds. So I apologize. I mean, this is the power of Q and A. Um, but there's 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 benefits of maybe getting like a term policy and saving in an alternative account until you have ten thousand dollars. In most cases, if you look on cash on cash, you will have a much more efficient growth strategy and just more efficient policy to begin with if you can start with some seed money versus putting like 100 or $200 a month. With that said, human behavior is really important. And I know that there's some people out there that need to start something. And if they don't start something, it's just, it just like they can't keep it up or they, they need to start it or they're never going to start. And that's the argument that's made of like, hey, listen, you should use your and asset to pay off high interest debt. Mathematically, it doesn't make sense. But where it does make sense is if you want to get the ball rolling and get someone something started. Does that make sense? Yeah. There's a lot of things that we do, by the way, that doesn't make financially sense, financial sense. So um, anyways, I I, th I think we can unpack this more. Um, I would say if you don't have $10,000 now to put into an and asset, still reach out to our company. I would encourage you to still become an unlimited member, but that it might look like us doing a pre-plan or adjusting some things so that we can, when we start an and asset for you, it can be a solid strategy. And remember, the and asset is 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 not the end solution. It's just a tool on helping you live. And I mean, I know you have probably a question in there about what if the end asset doesn't work for you if, or if it's not a good fit. 
there's other way a ton of other strategies that you can do uh, when it comes to maximizing wealth. And I think that we can go further into this by um, maybe in the show notes later too. You and Jeremy also did an episode is the in asset right for me right now. And I think you guys do a really great job unpacking different scenarios because each person is different um, and how that would look. It doesn't mean that it's right right now, Correct. but it might be later. In that, um, you know, you have uh, Michael who's talking a little bit about being proactive versus reactive. Um, I know as a mom, one of the questions I always have about the and asset is, can I actually start a policy for my kids? Yeah, yeah. I And he also just messaged you only need 10k to start an asset with you <laughs> yeah well and and again uh i just also want to give michael a shout out talk about someone who's proactive we man we have to get you on the show sometime um i met him at a had a conference and is best of the best when it comes to helping people get their message out in the world and talk about someone who's proactive he's gotten to where he is because he's proactive so what was your question before about kids um my question is um can we start policies on our kids? You know, if we want to be proactive yeah, in their life and oh, help yeah. them. We, I just did a podcast with Jeremy that will be re being released probably in a month from now. That was literally doing a, like we were showing what a policy would look like on a one-year-old. And I, I literally like am getting goosebumps because if you look at what that could do for college, what that can do for their first car, what that can do for a uh, down payment on their house, what that can do for, you know, who knows what's going to happen through their 30s, 40s, 50s, how that will show up in retirement and how that will pass on to the next generation. It's like that one move. I, th I think he, we looked at, there was a time where the policy you would have put in like 300,000 and you'd have over half or 500, I can't speak, $5 million in, in tax-free cash value. And that asset would have been able to be used from then to like early on. So it's just like, it's so powerful. Um, the technical day that you can start is it's 10 days after birth. Um, and so, yeah, we, we love that. Um, the one caveat is you can't get an and asset on your kids if you don't have life insurance yourself. And so there's some, there's definitely some um, hoops that you need to jump through and make sure that you set it up properly. But it's, it's so cool because when we talk about time value of money, kids have, 20, 30 year jump on when most people start. And I'm telling you, when you can have an asset that will grow the rest of your life and you can tap into or borrow against to do, to use throughout your life, it's like, it, 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 it just a hundred percent like backs up why we do what we do. So when you say, and I'm going to kind of skip back cause I am a parent and, and stuff would on a policy with my kids, when you said I had to have a policy, do I also have to have a and asset whole life policy or just a term in order to start one on my kids. Like if I'm in that yeah. journey with Jeremy and the better wealth team, and we're working on consistency and accountability in our own life, can we start something and be proactive with our kids or do we have to wait? Yeah. And, and this is, I want to be careful that I don't answer too specifically because each person is different. And the best thing that you can do is work with our team. And we've created unlimited because we don't want to just talk about a product. Like we're going to talk a lot about the end asset because we have a lot of questions due to our audience right now. But like when we take someone and create a model, like your better wealth coach will have so much more information and we have a whole planning team and we have that team approach because it works. But, but term in, in most cases, you can't even get on a minor, which is just a technicality. So, so, so it would be a permanent policy and there are cases that you can get it and they're, they're rare. And so we, we, I don't necessarily want to go into that, but being young, your chances of dying are so low 
that you can pretty much like that's maybe where I would go against the $10,000 mark. That's exactly I, I 100% would go against that because you could do a smaller premium on a kid and still make it make sense um, and be efficient because of their age. Now, I, you know, it's funny because we're talking about all this, these kids and it, it makes sense for Trevor and I to have life insurance in general yeah. because we have kids. Um, but what if somebody doesn't have kids? Yep. Um, what's the point? I mean, we know that the an asset is a vehicle, but it comes with life insurance. And if somebody yeah. doesn't have kids or if they're not married, I, what's, what's I, for a while, the number one Google search that we had was Caleb's net worth. <laughs> and I think that was because um, I, I was on a podcast a while ago and they talked about like net worth. And I think someone said I had a net worth of 10 million, which I don't, I don't know if that's true or not, but I, I have over $10 million of life insurance death benefit. Meaning if, if I die today, I was going to say, if you, if you killed me today, no, <laughs> if I died today, um, $10 million would get passed on to somewhere. Now I don't have any kids. I don't, I don't also have any debt. So that money would actually go down to my foundation. Okay. So that's my, like, so the point is you can put wherever you want that money to pass through. Do, am I getting that? Am I set up that policy up just for the death benefit? No, it's just because I was so young and I saved so much money into these things that that's what it got created. And yes, it's tax-free. And yes, there's a lot of benefits that come on. Yes, that's why the wealthy get wealthier, by the way, is they set, they create plans like this for the next generation. Um, but that's that would that would be how I answer. If you don't have kids, it's still, it's it's all about the efficiency of your cash. You'll just have to decide where you're going to pass on that money, just like any anything else that you have. Coming, those questions of, you know, why have life insurance if we're not married, we don't have kids yet, um, come from a lot of younger, the younger generation that is also asking, what makes the and asset different from everything else that yeah. they've been taught oh, to yeah. invest in? I feel like I, I feel like I am a broken record, but this is such a good question. The and asset is not an investment. So when people say, oh, what about a Roth? What about real estate? What about business? Like, like literally I'm talking to somebody right now that could give me a ton, like massive rate of return in investment. The and asset is not an investment. And so, so when people usually compare it, they're comparing it to saying, I can get a better rate of return. Most of our clients are entrepreneurs. Why? Because you are your greatest asset. Your number one investment should be in your business, your ability to produce. And the and asset is just going to give you a better way to do that because it is the only paper asset that'll allow your money to continue to grow and contractually guarantee you have access to capital to borrow against, like in the contract, it says you have access to your money because you are part owner in this company. And so now it is one of the only places that you can allow your capital to continue to grow tax-free long-term and have access to, to your to money. I, I won't say your money, to the insurance company's money to invest or use. And so like the name, the and, we're giving it a dollar two jobs or three jobs rather than just one. That is the biggest difference. and. Um, it's, it's like a safe way to leverage your money and through, throughout time there creates a, an efficiency there. And then when I draw my like little stick figure, it's like the only drawing that I can do. And I essentially show you six, six ways that your dollar can, can move. And, and I just pose a question. If you could give a dollar more than one job, you will win in the end because if it can grow, the rest of your life and you can still have access to that capital and oh by the way because of the per permanent death benefit it's going to be show up powerfully in retirement and oh by the way it's going to protect you and has a bunch of other benefits by the way if you got long-term care or disabled 
And then it also allows you to save a whole lot more money because you have control over it. And, and it also is an asset that helps you show up more powerfully in your life. It just, it, it just makes sense to have. And it's not because it's the investment. It's because it's just an, a great foundational asset to own. And I'm, I promise you I'm the most passionate person about life insurance. Uh, not, that may, may or may not be true, but it's not, again, it's not because it's like, it's weird for me to say that because a lot of people, it's just, there's just so much bad information. And that's why we are doing a podcast. And that's why we have a YouTube channel. And that's why I'm, I love when people are helping us share this message because it needs to be shared. You kind of already um, answered a little bit to this question, so I'm going to kind of flip it a little bit. The question was, why use the asset if you already have invested your money in other investment vehicles, is was the original question. You did answer that. It's giving your money more than one job. But what would you um, say if somebody said, I really like this philosophy, but I have all my money in all these different vehicles, um, but I may want to be using the and asset or um, thinking about using it. So how what would you tell somebody who maybe is coming with you with, and they have all these investment yeah, we, vehicles? Yeah, we call it your financial junk drawer. <laughs> Trust me, if you're watching this, you have a financial junk drawer. Um, this is what I would say is I, I'm not going to make any blanket statement because you have to look at taxes. You have to look at regulations. You have to look at – there's a lot of things that factor in. That's why in our framework, Better Wealth Framework, efficiency is kind of the second area and we look at your cash flow your assets and your liabilities and we ask the question we get super clear on where you want to go and then we ask the question how can we optimize your cash flow so if you're putting money into accounts that aren't showing up powerfully in your life or aren't helping you get the results we may we never tell people what to do by the way but we we may suggest like oh this money is going over here what if we redirected it into this strategy and we might look at an asset and say oh you have a paid off house and this is your goal. What if these aren't aligned? You could be debt free and broke all day long. And so it's like, okay, we just get people to start looking at their cash flow, start looking at their assets and looking at their debt and create a strategy around where they want to go. And so that's it, literally, if that's where you are, like go get Better Wealth Unlimited and work with a Better Wealth coach. I, I promise you, I don't know if I can make statements like this, but it will be beneficial. Like, it's, it's, it's so, it's like so cool to see like so many people come alive. I also did a podcast with Jeremy when he was here and we just talked about three testimonials of people making radical changes in their life in less than six months. Nothing to do with the end asset, by the way, it's all to do with how they think. And uh, it's just really cool. I think one of the things I enjoy in our staff meetings with Jeremy, when he, he'll say something like, um, I sat down with this couple or I sat down with this potential client and I asked them a question that they'd never been asked before. Or yeah. he, like you said, your financial junk drawer, they thought it might have all worked together, but to actually see it all together yeah. within our, um, our assessment that we have, that that's an, yeah. that's a unique tool. So, um, Jeremy talked to somebody who was nearing retirement and he asked them, how do you want to use your money? Went kind of went through that rant. And they said, I've never been asked that. I'm like, dude, you're almost retired. I wasn't in the meeting, by the way, but I'm like, what in the world? And yet, to be quite frank, they're not alone. They're in the majority. So it's just like, it's just interesting. It's so interesting. It's like, what, why are you working and saving to begin with? So. One of the things that I know um, comes up quite a bit is they love the idea of the end asset and they want to use it tomorrow. 
So how quickly can you use the end asset is a good is So, a yeah, th- and this is why this is why getting involved with with a team that knows what's going on is important. And let's just say like let's just say like you hear this like you're on YouTube live and you're watching and you're hopefully hitting the um, like button uh, and you're like, oh, this is kind of interesting. And you get my book and you read about it and you're like, okay, I'm I'm bought in. I want to I want to do this. You reach out to our company, you either go through unlimited or just get the and asset. You start that, then then there's a process, an underwriting process. And that literally could be as fast as a week to be as long as three months. It all depends on what kind of thing, like what kind of factors do we have to work with the hospital? Like what there's a lot of factors that go into it. So there's a, there's an underwriting process, just like if you were to go get a mortgage at a, at a bank, there's a process of you filling out an application and figuring out getting your credit checked and all that kind of stuff. So that could be short or long. And then once you get approved, there's a funding section, which is essentially like, okay, you're approved. What, what do you want the end asset to look like? Because what we do differently is we, we don't focus a ton of time on like talking about theories that when we don't have true numbers, so we like get your get your rating and then we can strategize with you once you decide and fund a policy um what what the insurance companies want us to say is 60 days and the reason they do that is there's certain regulations and if all of our clients took a money immediately there would be certain red flags and we would it, it, we would potentially be in for an audit um so what we say is 60 days and we have clients that fund a policy and and then are able to have a quick turnaround like fast but i would say i would say if you need the money um and you can't give up control i, I don't maybe i shouldn't say give up control but if you can't give up the the money for at least 60 days um it, it i would i would potentially recommend us doing smaller plan to begin with so it's 60 days is like the the blanket answer and what i'm saying is we could get that done a lot faster depending on circumstances and, and how we communicate the next did that make any sense it did and okay it, and i think i'm also married to trevor who does the underwriting yeah. process and so i yeah. i know um you know sometimes how long or how quick even just that process can get through yep um depending so i i do know it's not a tomorrow thing yep um if you're wondering, I don't think we've ever had a tomorrow. <laughs> um, it'll work tomorrow. Yeah, technology is getting better though. So there, there is some cool things in the works that will allow people to get potentially an approval the day of. Right. And we haven't, right. I, I don't think it's been a while since Trevor's actually had to wait for paper. Yeah. I think we got one paper the other day and it was like a novelty. Yeah. We were like, Ooh, what is yeah, this? That's right, <laughs> we yeah. haven't seen it in a while. Yeah. All right. So this next question comes, um, actually, so I think it comes out of a little bit of confusion and fear if somebody were to fund their policy they're getting policy unlike some other vehicles like the Roth or some other places where they put their money and they're in in order to pull something out they've got fees they have a long process yep. there's a lot of stuff so um we've get we got a question that says how do you use how do I use the money that I put into the end asset what does that loan process look like um are there Fees or their penalties? What is that process? Yeah, so there's no there's no fees and penalties, and essentially, when we call it a loan, that's that's essentially because we're taking the insurance company's money and our money's continuing to grow. So loan has just a negative word, like you know, phrase to it. So, um, so I I would I would say we'll call it for a loan because that's what it's called. But essentially, they they essentially, if you have let's just say ten thousand dollars in your cash value, this is this means like this is like your savings portion of your and asset that is growing and all that good stuff 
then you can have access to borrow against that $10,000, um, you know, whenever you want. And it's essentially, it's, you don't have to prove anything to anyone. You just have to say, I want access to that. And because of technology, you could use, you could just do it. It could just get put it right into your bank account. You could call our company and we're working with some companies to create technology to make that even quicker. And so it's just, it's just a, it's essentially like a, uh, a savings account that takes a, maybe a couple of days to get your money instead of day, the day of. And that's when we talk about loan, like the process is you either work with our company, you work directly with the company, or you use an online portal to get that money to go back, put into your account. And then you, then you create a loan repayment and loan repayment looks like, I don't want to repay back my loan. And then you have, you're entitled to that. I want to pay back with a payment. I want to do interest only, or I just want to wait and see. And uh, I would say, depending on the scenario, our clients have chosen all of the above and just people are in different areas of their life. And the cool thing is you have control over the contract and it's a unilateral contract, which is a, it's, it's a big word, by the way, especially for me to use. Um, but what that essentially means is that if you keep up your end of the bargain, then you won't really have to worry about it. Awesome. What is the, I know that sometimes retirement, sometimes legacy is huge for parents and families. And you say, you just said, I mean, the rich, stay rich or the legacy that's yep. passed on. How How is the and asset regarding legacy? What is it? How is it passed down? Can it be passed down? Yep. What does that look like? So because because the and assets pretty much life insurance, like it's a special life insurance contract, the the death benefit gets passed down income tax free. And, and if it's a large number, you can use special trust strategies or foundation strategies to um, make it even more tax advantaged. But essentially it's no one will argue that life insurance is the best way to pass on money. Like it's that that's the traditional way when you think of life insurance, you think of to protect you if you die prematurely or to pass on a lot of money when you um, when you pass on to pass on to your heirs because it's the most efficient way to do that. And so the cool thing about the and asset is we're we're maximizing what you're doing now, but we're also saying when that day does come because it will come we're going to make sure that we maximize the your assets to the next generation or to the next cause. Or, I mean, if you don't have anyone to pass on the money, call me. <laughs> I'll have a conversation with you. <laughs> I know you get this question a lot. Um, actually, it's kind of, kind of combined into two. Um, I've got about three more and we'll, okay. we'll leave the bombshell one for the last. How's okay. Um, yes. But Just um, for a teaser, it's on Dave Ramsey. So stay tuned. <laughs> um, so it sounds too good to be true. What's yep. the catch and why haven't I heard of this is what we get a lot. So, you know, what is it too good to be true? No. And that, I, I don't like this question. I, we get it a lot. But if you actually understand what's going on, it I talk really like I talk well on this because I've dedicated my life to this. It's it's not it's not too good to be true. It's It's just math and it's just partnering with the right companies with the right philosophy. And it's playing the long-term game with also not discounting control. But for instance, like the first couple of years, you don't even break even, which, which by the way, if you watch a lot of things on YouTube, you might think that's a negative thing. And it's not. It's like, listen, you get to put money and it's going to grow for you the rest of your life. And you still have access to majority of that early on. And there gets to a point where you have access to more than what you put in and you get a dollar doing multiple jobs for you. Like we are so like we, we, we are so linear the way that we think it's like we're like this is 
this is right and this is wrong. And that's how I started. But when I had like a deep understanding, I'm like, okay, number one, the reason why most people hate on this is if you compare it to an investment, you can make a really solid argument that it's a terrible investment. I'll be the first to say that I could argue against this and have many investments crush this. But when you take a step back and say, this is not an investment, there's really nothing bad about it other than, again, the only thing, there's two things. It's number one, if you're unhealthy, and maybe is that a question coming up? Yeah. Okay, so I'll wait to answer that. So we'll, so, um, but then number two is if you need every single dollar, like if you're using every single dollar, which by the way is not a good financial strategy, if you need to leverage and use all the money that you have always. But if you need to do that, I would not recommend the end asset because you're just going to be frustrated because we can design these plans pretty amazing, but you're still not going to have dollar for dollar access in the first, first year or two. And, um, I just, I'm not even going to apologize because it's not that bad, but there are some people that, um, just that's unacceptable. And so then that's the end assets, not for them. I, I know that, um, I've, I've seen a few of your podcasts where you have laid that out and even some of you, the YouTube, I, and I can't remember the title of it. I'll have to go back and look, um, especially to put in the notes where you actually demonstrate that, where you yeah. show that yep. in a lifetime, we actually have more, um, for us. And that's great. But for somebody like Trevor and I, um, and we get this question too, like, why, why aren't we hearing about this? Why is, why are our parents not like, you know, it's, I mean, people are going to, people, when they watch this episode, this is the only episode that they watch. They're going to think like Caleb is so in the weeds or like, so the conspiracy theories, who's, who's teaching us about money? Who, who's like, literally, I, I had a, a uh, interview with Barry Dykes, Pirates of Manhattan. It's a great interview. And he essentially says, who's funding every, like who's funding our media? Who, who's controlling money right now? Wall Street and the banks. Who doesn't want you to know about these strategies? Wall Street and the banks. Why? Because we live in a capitalistic society. I'm all, I'm pro capitalism, by the way, but pretty much if you do this strategy, you are part owner. It's like, it's, it's kind of like the credit union, you're part owner, meaning you're taking money out of their system and putting it into yours. That was a great, it was, it launched this Wednesday. That was a great um, episode too. And, and, and essentially like, uh, yeah, like they, of course you haven't heard about it because they are not incentivized to teach you. And then when we go deeper, people like us, the reason we can be profitable and stay in business is we've created a system using technology to do volume because we don't make a ton of money doing an individual policy, but we, I mean, we have. I, I'm not going to say, but we have a lot of policies in underwriting right now, mainly because of my book about people hear me speak. People are hearing the message. We're having a ton of referrals. And so it's like when you do the right thing, like I knew when we did, if we could create a company that did the right thing by people, we would win in the end. And we're seeing that. We're seeing that play out. But to be to start off in this industry, and especially if you look at the people that are in our business, a lot of times they're not like financially set, which is ironic a little bit. Um, they can't really afford, quite frankly, to do something like this because it's just, it, and I'm, I'm empathetic with that. Like, it's tough. And, and unfortunately, we're in an industry that incentivizes the wrong behavior. And so the, the couple reasons why you haven't heard from it is big companies and corporations and institutions do not want, like, literally don't want you to know about this. And, and, then, and then the government's not necessarily loves this either because of some of the tax benefits. Canada changed the law, by the way. Everyone, you know, so there's, and that's a whole nother question, just so y'all know, like grandfather, like if there is a tax law, 
historically everyone has been grandfathered in like that's so it's under contract law but essentially it's like if everyone was doing this the government wouldn't be the number one fan of this because of the tax benefits um and then you look at the people in our business a lot of people are incentivized by the wrong thing so those are those are three three reasons so that kind of brings me to the last the last question because people do reach out and people try to get educated i know we're putting out a lot of content so that people can be educated in this but in one of the education platforms about money um they actually say life insurance is bad and uh, dave ramsey are we gonna talk about the um health oh yeah we can go back yes. to the health do you want me to go back to the Yes, health let's talk about that okay, and then so we'll, a, I'll take on a, Dave. Oh, it's a little teaser again. Yeah. Here we go. Um, okay, the health. You know, I we do have some friends who love it, um, but they think that maybe because of their health. Um, so here's the question. The question is, what is an alternative to the and asset if my health rating disqualifies me? Okay, so two things. A lot, a lot of people say, am I too old for this? And unless you're like over 85, you're not. And so like like don't make that be a problem about not reaching out. Second thing is there, there's some people that don't actually qualify are unhealthy. And by the way, you might be 78, not healthy, and then you don't qualify kind of deal. So it's like, so anyways, say you don't qualify, but you still like the benefits of the and asset, you still like the philosophy. Well, then you need what's called someone that has insurable interest. So you need somebody, a spouse, a ch children, maybe grandchildren, a business owner. So, I mean, there's in some cases, there may not be someone that fits the mold, but in most cases, if you don't qualify, you can still have all the benefits, but the insured, the person that the life insurance is actually on is not you, it's someone else. When we talk about um, parents creating uh, and assets for children, like they're the ones paying, they're the owners until the insured gets 18, they could switch over ownership if they wanted, but they're the owners, their children are the insured. So. That makes it so when you pass away, your your kids will still have their own policy because they're the insured. So it's um, there's a lot of ways around. Um, and I will also say we're not even if you're not super healthy and you think like, oh, this might not work. Remember, the philosophy is life insurance is awesome, but we're doing this for the cash and we're we are reverse engineering the death benefit to cash ratio. And don't ask how that's calculated because it's, it's different for each person, depending on health ratings. It's, it's not like a cookie cutter, you know, you know, number or ratio. But essentially, if you're unhealthy, your chance of dying is, in, is increased versus someone your same age that is maybe healthier. And so what that would look like is if you put the same amount of premium, your policies would look about the same. But the person that's unhealthier will get a little bit less death benefit. That makes sense, right? Right. Be because their, their chances... And again, don't take this personal, but like at big, large numbers, your chances of dying is higher. Right. And I, but I don't, um, I mean, and when you said like, we're talking about this specific question because it specifically asked about health. However, you could also sort of have a check on your health rating if you skydive a lot. Yeah. Or if yeah. you, if you go swimming with sharks a lot, yeah. I mean, it's, it's more of the risk of, yep. okay. So, so it's not just healthy there is just um, yep. other ways that can also change that rating just a little bit by other things that you do you can right. be healthy as yep. a okay i just wanted to make sure because i know that that question just had health in there but i also wanted listeners to know that sometimes other things as well yep. can be there yep okay um are you, are you I'm, ready? I'm ready i'm I've, i feel like i've, <laughs> I've been like a, a just an angry person all, all, all on the show. I'm not, I'm really in a good, in a good mood. I just get fired up about this stuff. No, and I like, I like your intensity because um, I think um, 
I love it because I love your desire to want to teach. I love your desire to want to offer it. And I think um, I'm just going to remi- remind listeners, info at betterwealth.com. Uh, check us out. Ask questions. Um, reach out because we love to educate. We also want to bring content to you within these questions. That's why we're kind of fi- doing a fire off question. Um, however, um, yeah, we need we need your feedback and we need you to be able to tell us um, how we can make the show better and how we can serve you because Caleb's heart is to teach you. Um, and I know as a parent, um, I've said this first, I think my very first episode I was on with you, I literally said, I don't trust the institution that taught me. So I don't want to send my kids there. I don't mm-hmm. want my kids to be in that institution that taught them. And so um, we're building our own institution here on YouTube in ways that Caleb can teach yeah. us and ways that Better Wealth can help. So um, coming to the education when people reach out, when people are um, desiring to know financially, there is an education platform out there. Um, Dave Ramsey has a really big platform. Yep. But a lot of people, we do hear a lot of people say, um, but Dave Ramsey said that it was bad. Yep. Why should I go against what Dave Ramsey says about life insurance? Okay, so um, I'm, I'm going to try to speak as clearly as I can. I, I first of all want to say I have a ton of respect for Dave Ramsey. Um, as a as a person that's a very much in the faith-based community, he truly has a heart for people that are broken financially and help them get grasp and and like help them. And he's an incredible communicator. And yes, is he intense? Yes. Am I intense? Yes. And he has a heart for people. And I'm not gonna doubt that at all. I don't I don't actually think there's an agenda behind. I don't think he's misleading anyone purposefully. I just think the big philosophy here, is he's helping broke people be less broke. If if you actually look at the majority of population, they do need to cut up their credit card because they're spending money uh, like it's going out of style. They're like our government, which by the way, uh, probably the debt has increased over $100 million while we've been talking. So they they spend money out of control. And so when when you say something like a credit card is bad, uh, okay, no, no, it's not. Can it? Can you be playing with fire? Yes. If you don't, if you have a credit card balances, that that high interest could weigh out, like weigh out work against you versus what you could be doing uh, on the flip side. And so, big picture, you just have to look at his audience. And what what bothers me are people that do have discipline, that do have money, they're trying to build wealth off of his principles. Because again, it's 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 very much like. Yeah, living within your means is a good universal principle. It's you have to be careful about the mindset. It's like going back to what Robert Kiyosaki says: Should you say that I can't afford it? Well, you'll actually like believe that, and that you're going to be living in scarcity. Versus an abundant person like myself will say, "How can I afford that?" You know me; I'm extremely cheap. I do not like spending money, but I don't have a cheap mindset. I'm always trying to think abundantly and thinking about like what can we afford and dreaming and all that kind of stuff. So, so that's that's a difference. Um, Dave Ramsey's approach to life insurance, I think, is really um, overall is really good because most life insurance is garbage, and most people do not are not better off for having work with someone that does a permanent life insurance, whole life IUL, like they're not better off. And so when when Dave Ramsey says don't invest your money in life insurance, by the way, that's correct because you can't invest in life insurance, and most of the time it's not set up well it's with someone that's going to be out of the industry who's not going to serve you and and quite frankly it's not designed well and and is really a a terrible place to put your money so yes is it is it frustrating to be having the company that we do and then be put into a whole big category yes 
Do, does Dave Ramsey have really good points when he makes blanket statements? Yes. You also have to ask the question, who is his audience? And and he has to stay consistent because I hate to say it, if he talks about different scenarios, I mean, overall, there's a reason, like, oh man, I'm getting political already. It's like Trump speaks at a fourth grader level, sometimes a, probably a third grader level, and that's effective. Whether you like the president or not, he speaks where people can understand. And if Dave Ramsey goes into an advanced course and speaks, it, it's, it's just going to muddy the water. And so he's like, he owns his niche and he's so good at communicating that like, people that are, shouldn't be listening to him are listening to him and because he's very much in the faith-based community. A lot, of a lot of Christians are listening to him regardless of where they're at. And that's where we just find a lot of bad advice. For instance, paying off your house, putting your money in mutual funds, like, okay, that's, that's a, a strategy, but I could mathematically prove to you that, that pouring all your money and paying off your house and then what you're saying is you're saying that your mutual funds will get 12%. You're also saying pay off your house. Like if you listen to Dave Ramsey's strategy, you're going to be missing out on millions and millions of dollars using his numbers. So that's where it's like, okay, does he actually believe that? I, no, but he wants to be consistent. And so his whole idea is debt's bad, which debt is an instrument, debt is a strategy. It can be bad. It can be extremely good. And, he's, and so he just makes blanket statements. And then the other thing is, how did Dave Ramsey make his money? How did he become wealthy to begin with? You think it was from mutual funds? No, I, I really do, do believe that he has a lot of money in mutual funds, but he's probably made his money doing something else, i.e. business, i.e. Why do you think I'm doing a podcast? Like I'm modeling a lot of what he's doing because he's really good at it. So I have a ton of respect, love what he's doing. I think more people across the board are better off because of him. Mm -hmm. And um, I think there's a lot of people that are not wealthy because they're trying to listen to his advice. That's that's what I got for now. I'm going to do a video like I'm going to do a, a featured video where I go through the baby steps where it's uh, better, well produced. And I, and again, I have if you know me personally, I, I do have a ton of respect for people and want people to win. And um, I followed him when I was young and he was one of the, the people that inspired me to get really fired up about uh, money. That's awesome. That's a that's great. And I know that your desire one day is to have him on the show. Dave, if you're watching, <laughs> you have an open invite to come on the show and I would love to have a conversation. It would be a true honor, actually. Yeah. Awesome. Well, I think that those that was a rapid question. It's been yeah, a great it's been episode. Fun. So um I love learning and being like I tell people I'm on the golden chair. So thank you for yeah. thank you for teaching me. All right. Well, uh, thank you for watching. And if you're watching this on YouTube, we are we're trying to get um, we're trying to grow our reach. We are over 500 subscribers, which is a big deal, uh, especially early on. So thank you. If you're listening uh, on an Apple or if you know someone that has an Apple, um, we are trying to get a lot of reviews. And so I appreciate you guys uh, in your support in that to just uh, subscribing and leaving a review. Uh, Mariah, phenomenal job. Um, you, I'm really grateful that you're in my life and that you get to help me be more effective. And thank you all. Um, enjoy this. This um, have an incredible weekend, and and we do have so much to be grateful for. I know I I made a comment early on about you know freedom. I, I don't take disrespect to that. I am so grateful for our free country mm -hmm. and for the people that that fought and died so that I could sit on a sit in a studio that's an air-conditioned studio and talk incredibly blessed um and it's it's like 
I just have the utmost respect for the people that have served our country and that work so hard to keep um, keep it to being the greatest country in the world. And so, um, yeah. Any last thoughts? Any final thoughts? I think that that is a great way to just say happy Fourth of July. I know um, we love this and we love our families. So if you get an opportunity to be um, intentional with your family and intentional with just being blessed, it's great. Awesome. Awesome. Take care. Thank you so much for listening to the Better World Podcast. It would mean the world to me if you could hit subscribe, leave a review, and share this with the people that you know and love.